Have you ever wondered if you really can understand and know what God's will and his plan is for your life? Anybody ever been there? Lord, I just wish I knew what you wanted to do with me. Anybody ever been there? Let's see your hands. A few of you, yeah. You know, when I was a little kid, I wanted to be one of those dudes that rode on the back of trash trucks and picked up trash. Listen, I grew up in a place, how many of you grew up in a house where there was an alley behind your house with a driveway behind the house, you know, and, 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 and dudes on green trucks or blue trucks or gut-infested white trucks, you know, would pull through the alley and pick up trash. I wanted to be one of those dudes. They just got to hang on the back. How many of you remember when you could ride in the back of a pickup and it was legal? Amen, yeah. Yeah, those are the good old days. Weren't they? Man, I think there's a country song probably written about that. But I wanted to be that dude. That's what I wanted to do. Well, I'm so thankful that God had other plans for my life. Nothing wrong against guys that pick up trash. We need them, right? Um, but, but I just, you know, we've all been to that place. What do you want to do with my life? Lord? I just wish I knew the plan. I just wish I knew what your will is for my life. Well, here's the deal today. I have the answer for you. Are you ready for this? It's really easy. And it's found somewhere that we all can can discover what our plan is. When I was a little kid, I used to sing this song. Chad, see if you remember this one. The B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's... Okay, that's good. Yeah, some of you remember that. I see one of the, the Christians over here singing that song too. Even dudes in leather, they get it, bro. They understand. We used to sing that song. Do you know what the, I stand alone on the word of, yeah, we used to believe. Now, maybe we sang that song just to get the snacks after we sang it, right? To please the lady, the older lady that probably taught us that song, right? But do we really believe that God's word holds the answers do we really stand on the word of God, the B-I-B-L-E? That's what we're going to deal with today. You see, I believe that there is a way for every one of us in this room to really understand and know what God's will and God's plan is for our life. And it's found within the pages of that book that we sing about in Sunday school, the B-I-B-L-E. I believe that it holds the answers. Is it possible for one single book to hold the answers to all of life's questions? I believe the answer is yes. You know, there are thousands of books that vie for the title, greatest book ever written, right? In fact, I looked it up this week just for years. I've heard that the Bible is the number one bestseller, right? And it still is. Uh, it still outsells Harry Potter. How many of you read Harry Potter? Let me see your hands if you're over the age of 21 and read that. No, I'm just kidding. Um, uh, Chronicles of Narnia, it outsold that. Those of you, I know this great reads, great Star Wars people. Yeah. Uh, the Bible still holds the title as the number one book of all times, and it's still sold more than all of those other books. I mean, think about the Bible. Nearly every religious movement in history has, has claimed that, that, that its texts are the one true guide to life. Most of those books, though, and, and most of those men or women that wrote those books, most of those things have, have faded from the memory along with 
their leaders who wrote them. But there's one religious book that's different. How many of you have one with you today? How many of you have it on your phone? Let me see your tablet. How many of you didn't bring one today? (laughs) Liars? (laughs) It's, it's, It's okay. We'll have an altar call at the end and you can come repent. When it comes to the Bible, I mean, it's a great book. Think about it. People have loved this book, and they've also hated it, haven't they? You you know you like the parts of the Bible that make you feel good. You know you don't like the... Don't you wish there were parts that just weren't in it? I mean, I really have to love my neighbor as myself? Seriously? You don't know my neighbor, God. That was written a long time ago. You didn't know so-and-so was going to move into my hood. Right? It's one thing, though, that people, their feelings over the history about the, this book, you can't debate. They still look to it. It's still revered. It's still what many people place their hands on and swear by in a court of law. It's still what is what presidents put their hands on, maybe for the first time, whenever we swear them in. <laughs> to office, right? I mean, for thousands of years, probably no religious book, no religious book has been the source of more controversy and devotion than the Bible. Think about it. It's been banned in some places. Uh, It's been translated into countless, countless languages, right? Uh, It's been burned it's been smuggled into to countries, you know, in the dark of night. This book has been mocked, but it's also been defended with incredible passion. It's been consulted for answers to everything from prophecy to politics to morality. What is this volatile book? Well, it's the Bible. And why is it still on bookshelves around the world thousands of years after it's been written? Well, today I want us to unpack and talk about the Bible today. It is so important. I want to share with you some things that we believe in here at 1910 Church. We believe in some things uh, about this book that we just believe are so important. Some essentials, some truths about it. You need to understand that we believe the Bible is God's word to us. It is written by human authors under the supernatural guidance of who? The Holy Spirit. Come on now. The Holy Spirit. It is the supreme source of truth for, for Christian beliefs and living. And because it is the inspired Word of God, it is the truth without any mixture of error. Are we okay so far? We believe the Bible is the inspired Word of God. We believe here at 1910 that it guides or should guide our words and our actions. We believe this book is the foundation of our faith. And so I want to share with you real quickly some things that we believe about the Bible. And just let me just throw this out there. If you want to dialogue a little bit deeper on this topic, 
we want to encourage you to, to jump into one of our life groups. Find one of our groups that, that, that you can be a part of because the things that we talk about from the platform on Sundays uh, are, are things that we're going to be focusing on throughout the week in our small group studies as well. So I want to throw some things at you this morning, and this is going to be quick. This, any radiant ladies bring their uh, notebooks today? Uh, come on now. They'll just bring it on when the, the, the special guest speaker comes in. Let's pull it out. Let's take some notes. If you don't have a notebook, you can download a live event, and all of our notes are there under, I don't know, technical people figure it out. Here we go. Number one, you need to understand this. God is the author of the Bible. Are you with me? God is the author. Now listen, the Bible was written not just by humans, but it was written by God himself. God inspired these various biblical authors to write what they did. In the Bible, what we have is God speaking his truth to us in human language. He's using words for us to understand. Now, the authors of the Bible came from various backgrounds. Some were kings. Some were peasants. We know that some were fishermen. There were poets that penned some of the words. There were philosophers. There was even one doctor. His name was, and there were, man, you guys are great. Why am I even up here, right? There were scholars. There were statesmen. Several different backgrounds, men that penned the words of the Lord. We know that the books of the Bible are diverse and they cover a plethora, I don't know what that means, but it's good, a plethora of topics. History, any history buffs in the house? Okay, good, none. Uh, There are sermons in the Bible that we can read. There are letters. There are even love songs. Whoa. Scandalous. We know that there are love letters written from people in prison to churches and people that God loves. Unlike any other book, the Bible is a book that is written by both God and man, but it was not co authored. It was not God and humans collaborating or it wasn't a human writing a draft and submitting it to God to to make revisions or it wasn't God just giving ideas that human authors put into words. No, God worked through humans to produce the Bible. He directed some of their their words, the the writers to to write words that, that were on the spot and immediately to be shared with people. There were some lessons and there were some, some, some uh, moral things taught that he said, hey, just think on these things and maybe sometime later we find their words making it to a page. He inspired some poets to compose prayers and worship songs to communicate with and to praise the Lord. He gave visions to some prophets. He even used uh, apostles like Paul to, again, send letters to churches in other cities, other provinces, encouraging them on what it means to follow Jesus. You see, God, the author of the Bible, used persons that he chose to interpret his actions and to interpret his teachings in the history of people. And we know that the New Testament writers, the Bible's basically broken into two major sections. The Old Testament right in the New Testament. 
39 books in the old, 27 in the new, right? And we know that the the, the New Testament writers claim that these Old Testament writings, they viewed them as sacred scripture. That's important for us because so often we're so quick to dismiss the Old Testament. Hey, just because it's hard for you to read doesn't mean that it's not worth it. Or that maybe you don't like some of it. Or am I getting a little boring in lamentations? I get it. But I'm telling you, even to the New Testament writers, the, it was sacred scripture, which literally means it was a writing that they held dearly. In fact, the word Bible comes from the Greek word for book. Holy Bible means holy book. We know that the Bible was written in three languages, Hebrew, Greek, and there was a bit of Aramaic. And over a period of 1,500 years, spanning three different continents, the Bible came to be. It's God speaking to us. The Old Testament dealing with God speaking and working in in history from when he created. Yes, I said he created the universe. It didn't just, he made it. The New Testament deals with Jesus' life, his ministry here on earth, his death, his burial, and his resurrection. And oh, by the way, his return one day. You know that, right? You know that Jesus is coming back. In fact, if you want to read the final book of the Bible, the book of Revelation, it's going to freak you out, but it's good. It talks about my Jesus dressed in white, riding a white horse, and here's the deal. You know that if anybody dressed in white shows up to a fight, they're not planning on losing He wins. He wins. And the New Testament talks about his life and the difference that he can make in our lives. I'm just wondering here today, has Jesus changed anybody's life in this house today? Amen. Amen. The Bible is what we need. Look what it says in 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. It says all scripture. How how much scripture? All scripture. Not just the parts we like. Not just the feel-good section. No, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. We don't like that part. It corrects us when we're wrong. It teaches us to do what is right. And God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Amen? Second thing I want you to understand today is this. The Bible is the truth. (laughs) It's the truth. Now, I know what some of you are saying. I thought that GQ was the truth or Sports Illustrated or I thought People or, or O or whatever. I thought that was the truth. Deepak Chopra. I thought that was it. No, the Bible is the truth. Since the Bible was written by who? God. It's perfect. The teachings and the ideas that it contains are God's own. And can I just tell you something? They are completely trustworthy. God's not trying to jack you up. He's not trying to confuse you and mess you up. He wants you to know the truth. And oh, by the way, doesn't it say something about the truth shall set you? You see in Psalm chapter 33 verse 4 it says, For the word of the Lord holds true and we can trust what? everything he does. You see, the Bible is reliable because unlike people, God does not lie. You know anybody like that? People that lie. You see, the Bible, or God's not like people. He he doesn't forget. 
He doesn't change his words. He, he doesn't leave his promises unfulfilled. We can trust the Bible because it contains the words of a holy, trustworthy, and an unchangeable God. Somebody ought to shout right there. Psalm chapter 119, 160 says, The very essence of your words is truth. All your just regulations will stand forever. You see, God embodies perfect truth, and therefore his word cannot lie. The Bible is completely true and trustworthy. Anybody read it? Anybody? Anybody read the Bible? Let me see. Good. Awesome. Awesome. John 17, 17, make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is the truth. You see, as I read the truth, I'm changed by it. Are you with me? I'm changed by that. What's the Bible all about? Listen to me. Don't miss this. The Bible shows us how we can find God. Hmm? Listen, I, I understand that the entire Bible, from, from the concordance to the maps, listen, I know that there are some sections of it that can seem rather boring, right? And, and I know that maybe in your quest to fulfill a New Year's resolution or to prove to your pastor that you're not a slacker and you can read the Bible through in one year, that there are just sometimes you might get a little bogged down somewhere in Ecclesiastes, right? Or Amos. Amos? Yeah, that's in there. You know, or what the heck is a Zephaniah, you know? And there are some parts, I get it, I understand but I want to tell you that from the, from the good parts that you like through the boring parts, all of that history stuff that none of you admitted you like, through all of that, the amazing accounts, eyewitness accounts of Jesus, everything, all of it is intended to tell us the story of God's love for us. And more importantly, how you can have a relationship with him. That's the purpose, to show you how you can find God. You see, the Bible's made up of hundreds and hundreds of pages and countless different tales, but all of these stories fit together to tell a single story. And here it is, God loves you, and he personally wants to have a relationship with you. He is a personal God, week two. Go back and find it online and listen. You see, God didn't leave us on our own. We turned our back on him. He wasn't put off with us. He came for us. Emmanuel, which means God with us. Jesus. Oh yeah, you're gonna celebrate him in just a few weeks, aren't you? You are. And you'll be all about Jesus December 25, won't you? But I'm telling you, the whole book, the whole Bible is all about how we can have a relationship with him. You know that God loves you, right? The Bible says so. John 3, 16 and 17. For God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son so that everyone who? Everyone. Everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Look at verse 17. We don't read this one much, but this is good. God sent his son into the world not to what? 
not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. Who is him? Oh, look what John 14, 6 says. Jesus told them, it's me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You see, here's the deal about this book called the Bible. The big truth of it, the big truth of the Bible, it's all about Jesus. Jesus. That's the whole, from the, from the beginning to the end. It's all about Jesus. Yes, there are layers and layers of of depth and truth and revelation that are found by studying Scripture. But I'm telling you, the main story of the Bible is Jesus. The purpose of its thousands of words is to point us to God's final word, Jesus, the bread of life. Amen? Oh, real quick, just a programming note. We want to invite you to come back next Sunday as we remember the sacrifice of Jesus through something we call communion. As we gather around the Lord's table and remember what he's done for us. Amen? It's the whole purpose of God's word. Jesus Christ. And then one other thing I probably should let you know before I let you guys go. I can't let you out of here, which just reminded you of this. The Bible was intended to change our lives. It wasn't just to give you something else to decorate your house with or to serve as a coaster on your coffee table. The Bible was given to us, and its intention is to change our lives. Now, permission to speak freely? I mean, I have been all day, so, but I'm just going to continue. Here we go. Many of us, many of us are consuming a lot of Bible input. Uh, we're listening to podcasts. We're listening to CDs. We're, we're watching videos. There are radio programs that we dial into. We've attended Bible study after Bible study. And, he, and here's my concern. My concern is that maybe we're just accumulating a lot of information. Okay? Now, nothing wrong with that necessarily. But when you read what God's Word says or when you listen to what his word says, or when you view and see what God's word says, it's very clear that the purpose of all of that is to change your life, not just to know the things in your head. Do you know people that have a lot of head knowledge, but they're just ignorant when it comes to just practical living and all that? Yeah. Or, or you know people like me, we're just ignorant, period, right? It doesn't matter if we know anything or not. We're just ignorant, right? So many of us, my my, my fear is we've attained a lot of data about the Bible and information, and we can quote it, spout it, and everything. But the problem is we don't ever live it. And we don't ever allow it to change our lives. Let's go back to the Old Testament. Let's go retro. Let's go old school, back to the book of Joshua, to see what this man wrote about the book of the law. said this, The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. But you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do everything. Do what? Everything. You may observe to do it all according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. Now, leave this verse up for just a few moments. I want us to 
to look at some various aspects of it. No, notice that when you read something from God, first of all, Joshua would say it's, it, it should show up in three places. The first place is in your mind. He says, you shall meditate in it. See on that second line to the right? Meditate. You shall meditate on it. Now the Hebrew verb here suggests a cow chewing its cud. That's really pretty before lunch, isn't it? Over and over, going over and over something until you've chewed the meaning out of it. Now, it isn't just gulping down a podcast. It isn't just gulping down, oh, man, I've, I've not carved up with Jesus. for the, I'd better get something in my system. It's not just gulping down several scriptures real quick. It isn't about how much you read. Guys, listen, it's about how much you let God's words read you. It's not how much I can read, but God, what do you want to do in my life with this? Here's what I believe. Sometimes it's just better to read a few verses or maybe a verse than just reading so many that we really have no understanding or there's no, nothing applicable in our lives. I love what Joshua said. He said, not only should we meditate on it, he said, then we're supposed to let it be in our mouth. Hey, what, what, what helps you... Uh, what, what helps you make it real is when you begin to put your words into someone else. I, I loved one of the illustrations that Queen T shared with the ladies this weekend. She, she talked about that what you soak in is what comes out. Remember the idea of a sponge? If a sponge is sitting in some sort of liquid or whatever, it's soaking that up. And whatever it's soaking up is eventually when you squeeze that bad boy, it's going to come out, right? Man, what would happen if for some of us we just soaked in God's word a little bit more? Woo. And then it began to come out of our mouth through our language, through our interaction with people. And what, what, would, ha- what would happen if we literally begin to just share God's word with other people? I'm just wondering, does God want me to communicate what his word says? Oh, ultimately, Joshua says to not only meditate it, not only let it be uh, in your mouth, but, but, but he says it, it needs to be in your life. We, we meditate on it, Joshua, in Joshua's words, he says, so we can be careful to do everything that's written in it. Hey, listen, you're not just supposed to factualize what God says. You're supposed to actualize what God says by consciously putting it into practice in some part of your life. You're reading to change. <laughs> in fact, I just, hey, let's just operate from this mindset. Let's read the Bible to change, not to finish. Let's read the Bible to change, not just to say, I finished. Great. What did it say? I don't know, but I got the diploma. Read the Bible to change. Not to finish. I, I love what, what Tara said. I, I, I was stealing some of her, her, her points this weekend. Uh, but, but I love this. She, she said, if there was a breathalyzer for Scripture, would you be pulled over? I mean, think about it. Is the Word of God in you so much, and you've studied and you read it, and you've applied, are you just dripping Are you under the influence of the word of God? If there was a breathalyzer, would you be found guilty of having too much of God's word in you? 
Now preach. I could have just said that today, couldn't I? And we could have gone to, to dodging duck, right? And then we could have been gone. Really? See, also, I love this one. You, you, you know that there's somebody that's after us trying to, to distract us as believers, right? Tear us down, wear us out, beat us up. There's an enemy. And Tara said that the enemy is not going to stop gunning for you. And so you can't stop loading up on his words, the word of God. I think the psalmist, he was probably a musician like Miho here. Y'all know our worship pastor's real name is Christian. We ain't messing around here. We got Christians leading worship in this house. Hey, step up so they can see you. It's dark back there, right here. Nobody puts baby in the dark in the corner. Stand up right there, right there. You're brown. We need the light to hit you a little bit, bro. Right there. Just keep playing. Didn't the psalmist, didn't the musician, didn't the guy named David pen probably these words? It says, thy words have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. Not that it's just so that people will look at me and say, wow, you're so gifted. Or you know. No. The psalmist. Where, the psalmist said, thy word have I put in my heart, Lord, that I might not sin against you. Listen, how can we ever withstand the attacks of the enemy unless we know what the word of God says? Are you with me? So guys, listen, we're not trying to bust you all the time and saying, hey, have you read your Bible? And hey, oh, by the way, there are free devotional guides at guest services, which there are. We want you to get in the word of God because we believe that it's life changing. And there is no possible way for any of us to survive unless this is who we are. It's better than a Brad Paisley song. It's better than anything our government passes down and they can refute it and dispute it and tell us you can't do it. But I'm just telling you, if you want to survive, we need this. Are you with me today, church? The Bible is so important. Hey, God, I want to thank you for just giving us this incredible love letter called the Bible. Lord, it's not just a book about facts and history and how things came to be. It's not a a, a book of rules and regulations. God, this is life-giving. It's life-breathing. This is our guide. It's our roadmap of life. And Father, I pray that we would be people consumed with the word of God. God, I pray that you would get your word in our hearts so that we might not sin against you. God, I pray that the word of God would be like a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path, illuminating life as we journey through it. God, thank you for loving us enough to come. Thank you, God, that you are the bread of life. You are the word of life. God, may we indulge ourselves on more of you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.